Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi ta'ala wabarakatuh Muslim Masjid presents Tea with Mufti Sharing beautiful reflections through the lens of Islam I'm Ustaz Abdul Matin And I'm here with our Mufti of Singapore Sahib Samaha Dr. Nazruddin Muhammad Nasir Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi ta'ala wabarakatuh Thank you uh, listeners again for, for joining us And thank you Mufti uh, for joining us again in this episode Thank you for inviting me um, and thank you for the wonderful tea. Uh, I'm very happy to be part of this conversation this uh, morning. Inshallah. So for this episode, inshallah, we'll be talking about some of the challenges all of us are facing. As early this year or, or late last year, we we're facing a new form of virus that is unprecedented. Some of us had to cope with all the challenges as a community and as an individual uh, for that matter. As I start, I'd like to ask uh, Mufti, uh, I mean, being a mufti, you, you had to overlook all these challenges. And what were your first reactions uh, when, when you first heard about this uh, virus? Yeah, um, well, I think we, we did hear about, um, you know, this virus um, and the uh, infections mm-hmm. taking place at such a rapid uh, pace and speed in China. Mm. I think late last year yeah. and in early January. And I think... There were already uh, concerns uh, around the world. Uh, you know, some some took it a lot more seriously than others, but I think people were beginning to get really concerned. And obviously, we 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 did too in Singapore. Um, you know, and of course, uh, you fast forward a couple of weeks in February, early March, things became a lot worse. Yeah. Um, I think for our community, uh, if I can recall correctly now. Uh, we had an incident where some of our the members of our community went to a religious gathering yeah. uh, in Malaysia, <laughs> yeah, in Selangor, um, and they were infected. They got infected uh, in Selangor, um, and that was the um, first turning point for us, where we quickly had to make a decision uh, in order to protect um, the rest of the community and society from getting infected, that we had to close the mosque for cleaning and also to, you know, uh, because the individuals who came back had already gone to various other mosques as well. So that led to the first um, decision, which, as we all know, uh, is an unprecedented one, that we yeah. have had to close all our mosques in Singapore. Uh, it was a very difficult moment. I, If I'm not mistaken, I think that was my second or third week as a mufti. Yeah, yeah, I recall that being your first few weeks as a mufti. What was your yeah. thought back then? Uh, I mean, even before that, um, you know, I before before thinking about myself as a mufti, I'm also a human being. I'm also a, a family member, you know, with, with family and with my, my wife and my son and my parents who stay with me. Um, so obviously the issue really then was about public health safety. Yeah. Uh, it's about keeping everybody safe. So we were concerned. Uh, no one is immune, right? Yeah. Uh, I think this has been repeated many times. The virus or viruses in general do not discriminate whether you're, uh, you know, of a particular race or a particular religion or a particular even um, socioeconomic status, you're affluent or you're not. Nobody is unless you have you are vaccinated and of course there's no vaccine for this yet um so we were concerned about our own health um about keeping our elderly safe um and then uh, it came to a quite a serious uh situation where uh we have to protect public 
mm-hmm. and especially uh, in large gatherings like in our mosque. So those were the moments where we had to really uh, think very carefully, but think on our feet. You know, you can't wait. Um, you know, the interesting thing, Mrs. Martin, is that um, in many of our decisions before before COVID-19, we often try to make reference you know, mm-hmm. to other views from other scholars in mm-hmm. other countries, look at their experiences. And we rarely, uh, unless absolutely necessary, we rarely come up with the so-called, the, you know, the first to move uh, the religious thinking, for example. And, you know, we, we make reference to other views which have existed. Prior other, other, to, in other places. Uh, in, in other places, yeah. um, uh, by other scholars, for mm-hmm. example. So that's often the practice. Um, but back in March, we had no reference point. I think at that point, there might have been at most only one country which may have closed some mosque. I think Iran was hit earlier than us. Yeah. Um, so Iran did more suspend yeah. some congregations and so on, but it wasn't very clear at that point whether they have closed all their mosques. Uh, so we were quite um, on our own. Yeah, and the clock is ticking. Exactly. And we had to make an uh, important decision. So obviously, you know, if you imagine yourself in my shoes as, <laughs> <laughs> as, as the Mufti, uh, I'm not alone in doing this job. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm well supported by Office of the Mufti and the Fatwa Committee and many senior Asatiza. But I think we had to carry out that important decision. Yeah, uh, right. you know, conversation, discussion and come to a very uh, important decision, uh, which we did. So, of course, you know, you mix, uh, you know, all the emotions of you know, anxiety, worry, fear. Uh, but I think what really encouraged me was the response. I think a lot of people could see the... Um, the although, reason, the rationale behind. That's right. Um, you know, they, they, they saw the importance of, importance, of the decision, yeah. but they also, uh, you know struggled with the fact that this has never been done before. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, as leaders, we also do not, you know, ignore the fact that um, people find it difficult to adjust. In yeah. fact, until today. It's a legitimate concern. La. Exactly. Uh-huh. And we need to empathize with the community, with society, because I, I always feel that, you know, people are resilient in the sense that they can make adjustments. In fact, we have always adjusted ourselves. You know, we have always... Um, we don't compromise on the principles, but we do make some some refinements. If you look at our practices over the decades, we have moved gradually. But the key word here is gradual. Mm. It takes time for habits to change, for culture to change. Um, but this time, we don't have time on our side. For, for, to, to implement the, uh, the gradual process. Exactly. So everything had to take place very quickly. quickly. Um, and a lot of adjustments. So I can fully understand, I can fully empathize with everyone, including myself, struggling to sort of make those adjustments. But what I think is wonderful in the process, at least to me, is that the fact that you make a lot of adjustments within Mm -hmm. a short period of time, you can fast-track your growth and development Mm. and become a lot more mature, a lot more uh, developed, because you have taken on so many challenges at one go. And we're not too confined in uh, in a very strict uh, routine that we have been used to. Exactly. So you're forced to change, but you're forced to change within a short period of time and change a lot of things. Um, you know, I think there are many people who have said that, you know, before COVID, everybody wanted to do this digital learning, you know, learning online, <laughs> yeah. but they dragged their feet, you know. Well, this is a three-year plan. This is a five-year plan. Mm-hmm. Now, two months, three months, you just have to pick up the skills. You have to go online. 
So that happened. Uh, and what that does is you 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 because of a necessity, you know, they call uh, they say necessity is the father of in all, of all invention. So oh, wow. because of necessity, uh, we have reinvented ourselves in the way we um, do things. And I think more beautifully is we find new ways of expressing our spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is a very positive, uh, powerful thing, um, you know, and finding ways to connect with community and people. Tea with Mufti is brought to you by Muslim SG, a one-stop online media platform that aims to inspire and empower Singapore Muslims with bespoke Islamic religious content. Follow us on social media. So, um, just to take a step back, and Mufti mentioned about how challenges he had, and, and as a community as well, uh, in facing these challenges, we can see that the community is uh, coming together uh, in facing this more uh, united, uh, more yeah. united in these challenges. Uh, alhamdulillah. Um, but uh, I mean, despite all these um, positive notes, there are some challenges as well. Uh, some of us, uh, there were some articles I saw. They noted down some of the employment uh, rates, which uh, I think went down quite sharp. Um, there were sharp declines, lah. Unfortunately, uh, and and the last was uh, during SARS in two thousand three, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but despite that, uh, um, there were some other challenges as well, uh, spiritual um, challenges. We had to uh, try to make sense of whatever it's happening. As an individual, Mufti, uh, how can I try to make sense uh, amidst all these uh, challenges? Yeah, um, you know the COVID nineteen certainly. I think the impact is is wide and deep. It's mm-hmm. very deep. It's very wide. Um, and I think what makes it more difficult is that we don't know yet. Uh, we don't know yet. And, and you know, it's always very difficult to have so many things which are quite uncertain. Mm-hmm. Um, it's difficult to plan. So we don't know how long, for example, it will drag on. Um, people talk about finding a vaccine. Um, there are a lot of clinical trials. But, but history shows that, you know, vaccines do not emerge overnight. It takes a long time to create one. And in the meantime then, businesses will be affected, the economy will be affected. So I think the the consequences are very serious. It's not just on the religious life, social religious life. It's on people's livelihood. Yes. Um, yeah. So I think for the short term, um, certainly we need help. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I think we are grateful that in Singapore, there are, there are various forms of help, uh, either by the, the government itself or by other groups. Uh, for us in Muiz, for example, I think we, we are ready to uh, offer even more help to those families who are affected. Um, already there are you know, families who are receiving you know, the monthly uh, assistance. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there may be more families needing such assistance. So we must be ready to help. But our resources are also not infinite, yeah, right? It's yeah, and, and also we rely on the community support. So if they are affected, we will also then be affected. So it's a very serious, serious situation. I think what we may need to do, and this goes back to some of the, um, you know, for as Muslims, we always try to find the hikmah, the wisdom. Yes. Right? Because we believe that nothing happens without a bigger purpose. Everything in life, whether it happens to us individually or it happens to the entire society or the world, there must be something behind it. Um, and I think... Um, some people have used this term, which I think is a very good term. It, it's an opportunity for us to reset. Mm. Reset, you know, like how we reset our phones and how we reset our, reboot our computer. You know, sometimes nowadays, uh, I, I recall that my, uh, my wife's phone, uh, this was the older phone, it didn't work well, right? It didn't work well. And 
So we went to a shop and we we asked the guys, you know, can you please help us with this phone because we don't know why it's wrong, uh, why it's not working well. And he had a look and he said, uh, let me try one thing. And you know what he did? He just reset. Switched off and switched it on, switched it back on. And he said, and it worked, you know. And and basically uh, he said, a lot of people come with their phone problems because they have never switched off their phone for so long. Because now we keep our phones on, right? Yeah, yeah. Even when we sleep, uh, you know, we can't we can't. Um, basically cut off from uh, social media, mm. from communication. So what this is telling us, and especially with the lockdowns, if you remember the images, maybe you want to share with our listeners yeah. some of the very haunting images where cities and roads, which are always very, you know, very crowded, yeah, congested, very lively, yeah. it's empty. Like it's a ghost town. People say it's a ghost town or apocalyptic. So everything is being reset. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, and I think the resetting is important. Um, the other thing about resetting is also the lesson or hikmah of COVID to me personally is it tells us that the importance of slowing down, mm. you know, slowing down. This thing about uh, our twenty first century life lifestyle, you know, we, we it's a, a breakneck speed. You know, we do things so fast. We need to churn results, you know. Uh, and it's really hard to make sense of all this uh, fast-paced life. Exactly. And so therefore, you don't really have much time to think about uh, what, what to me, are more important things in terms of, you know, the grand sort of, you know... Um, purpose in life. Purposes, you know, your objectives, what you can do and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a real opportunity for us to slow down and, you know, for the whole world to slow down as well. So I think in this moment... When you talk about the challenges, the economic challenges, I think we can also think about uh, this is a very powerful lesson of you know the need for us to save up, uh, the need for us to manage our finances very carefully, the need for us to not spend beyond our means. Um, so, for example, if we even in good times, right, we have a yeah. certain uh, amount um, of income, it doesn't mean because it's a good time we just spend all of it. We must they call it, they say you know prepare for the rainy days. <laughs> this is not a rainy day. This is hailstorm, thunderstorm, cyclone, <laughs> hurricane. Call it whatever you like, because you are if you are out of job, you are out of job. It's, yeah. And and also, I just read this morning on the way here that Qantas is cutting six thousand jobs. So if you are in the Qantas the airline, so yeah. If, yeah, you know if so and grounding one hundred flights. So you know if you are a captain of a, you know if you fly the aircraft. Uh, that's a very senior position, but if you can't fly the aircraft, aircraft is not is grounded. You you have lost your you know income possibly. So those are the difficult days that we we have to go through. Um, but I think this is uh, the hikmah is the opportunities for us to plan, plan better. Yes, plan plan well. And the other part of planning, and I think this is a an investment that will always be profitable. Okay, you know, investments, if anybody tells you investment is 100% guaranteed profitable, then you know that they are, they are basically uh, <laughs> fake or what do you call it? A uh, scam. Scam. Scam, right? There's not, no such thing as businesses which are 100%, uh, uh, investments which are 100% profitable. You can't guarantee profit. But yeah. there is an investment that is 100% profitable and that is learning. Mashallah. Yeah, learning. Um, if I may just to to share with you the uh, yeah. my personal um, sort of decision making, I remember that after my masters, mm-hmm. uh, I had a good five years after my masters uh, working uh, at Muis, and uh, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do a PhD. Right, so I had a long discussion with my wife because my son was growing up; uh, mm. he was about three years old. So we had a discussion, and and uh, I wasn't sure whether I wanted to do a PhD. 
um, whether that was, you know, being academically trained is something I wanted. So I was at a crossroads in terms of making a decision. But in one of our discussions, then I, I, I said this and I said, what happens if we leave and I do a PhD? Uh, four years plus, it would be done, mm-hmm. right? So let's say five years. Let's look five years ahead. Five years ahead. Imagine ourselves, uh, back then was 2009, 2010. So I said, imagine in 2015, if we had made the decision to leave uh, Singapore and uh, for the university yeah. and do a PhD, 2015, I come back, say, I now have a PhD in my hand, right? If we had not made that decision and we had stayed in Singapore and just, you know, basically work, in 2015, I may have looked back and said, I missed that opportunity. opportunity. <laughs> if I had gone, you know, I would have gotten that PhD now. Uh, well, I could have gotten other things in the five years, yeah. right? But if, if learning was important to me, then that would have been a big loss. And you never know what will happen in 2015. Yeah, you might not even see that opportunity again. Exactly. And your circumstances may change. You want to really go, but you can't, right? Something happens. Yeah. Um, so I think um, learning is important. And I think now, um, you know, yes, we have a lot of challenges and limitations. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there is one thing you could do, to learn to pick up a new skill, then you do it because it will be profitable. It may not necessarily translate into like a, a very, you know, a full-time job or a mm-hmm. specific job. It may not happen that way. But that skill will help you somehow because knowledge is, you know, knowledge is always very powerful. Mm-hmm. It will find its way and help you, um, if not, uh, you know, uh, getting a particular employment, but in impressing, you know, certain sort of employers or, helping boost your you know your credentials and yeah. your CV so so that that is something that we should do and I think this this downtime for us is don't don't waste it don't waste it um, we are in a, in the best state in terms of so many free courses out there online yeah no, a lot of things are, are, are brought online yes in fact I think I saw some universities they uploaded their exactly their classes in fact just well. not just just not just the lectures but also the whole course the readings and so on um, so I think there's so many opportunities um, that we can we can use and take, and I, I I totally understand that you know if you don't have a job now or you you know your you, you, your job has been reduced mm-hmm. that would be your main concern right because yes. you want to find, um, but as you work on that as you find opportunities, don't let that time that you have, you know, waste away you know go and learn something new. Um, and you know, um, and and I'm very very sure and confident that whatever new thing that you learn will will help you uh, at some point later on in life. In life, mashallah. So um, we don't just uh, try to take these circumstances or the challenges that we have as the end goal, but we try to look further and then we try to develop uh, more as well. Mashallah. You know the hadith. I think uh, when you said that, I'm reminded the hadith. Uh, you know the Prophet said about. Yeah, Sallam said. If the day of judgment comes, right? Right? So if the day of judgment comes, means you know the world is ending. Yeah. Even I mean we are actually facing Exactly the, at the time of yeah. death or you know uh, judgment. End, yeah. And you have a sapling or a seed in your hand, plant it. Um so people have questioned this if it's ending while you plant, what do you get, right? Mm. But it means two things. One is, A, you still have an opportunity to do good. So you do good regardless of time. Mm-hmm. Right? As long as you can do it. So you don't look at when. Yeah. 
as long as you can do that good thing, just do. And the other thing is, think ahead. Think ahead. So, a seed or a sapling is a metaphor for growth and prosperity and development, right? So, you think about that and you just plant it. So, allow it to grow, allow it to develop. So, let's think of ourselves now as carrying, every one of us carrying a seed, right? Mm -hmm. We won't see the results yet because we are having going through a challenge mm -hmm. or a crisis. But plant it now. At some point, it will grow into something big. Inshallah. And then we will benefit. Okay, so if there are some key takeaways that, that I can uh, try to summarize some of the from, from your discussion, it is to firstly and foremost to have a very good and strong sense of hopeful sense in mind. Lah, to see that even despite all these challenges, there is always an opportunity for us to develop ourselves and that we will try to develop better and what more better way to develop ourselves than to learn, to seek knowledge, either being a religious or non-religious knowledge. Eh, it's important for us to develop ourselves as a better individual in life and so uh, thank you so much again Mufti for sharing with us all those important points for us to reflect on maybe you can share with us or with the listeners what are some of the key to it or the main points that you would like to highlight for us well I think you've said it very well Sas Martin um, what comes to my mind just as a closure is uh, something I um, I re remember from you know what, what some say the, the scholars have said or, and some attribute it to Imam Shafi'i Al-Abdu mm -hmm. uh, Bain al khawfi wa raja, right? Uh, you know, the servant. We as humans are always between. We are always between two states of uh, fear, anxiety, yeah. and hope, right? So I think this describes our situation perfectly. Um, that you know, we must continue to remain um, careful and vigilant. Mm -hmm. uh, we cannot be overconfident, even as we find ourselves in a slightly better position, um, and we also fear that um, you know uh, God is not pleased with us even as we try our best so we constantly ask for his acceptance and forgiveness but we are also hopeful mm -hmm. we are also hopeful that there is a hikmah a powerful wisdom behind what we go through and we can emerge better we can emerge stronger provided we do the right things <laughs> we continue to learn we continue to help one another we look out for each other so I think between those two states we find ourselves um, if we focus on the right things to do, inshallah, we will always come out better at the end. Mashallah, that's a very important uh, note uh, for us to benefit from. Eh? And thank you again, uh, Mufti, for sharing all those uh, important notes and uh, reflections for us to ponder upon. Now, if you like all the discussions and reflections in this episode, do look forward for more in our next episode. And inshallah, we will have more important discussions as well. And with that, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam That's it for this week's episode of Tea with Mufti. Do follow, share, and stay tuned for more episodes on our podcast channel. Assalamu alaikum and thank you for listening.